because it really does give us a good idea of um, who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. We read in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the emissaries and to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayers. Fear lay upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were happening through the emissaries. So they gave themselves to the teaching of the emissaries, to the teaching of their God-given leadership. And to fellowship, to getting together, to becoming one community. You don't become a community without relationship. They had that. To the breaking of bread and to prayers. Well, let me address that third one, to the breaking of bread. These were people who took the time on a regular basis to remember what Yeshua had actually done for them. They were people who reminded themselves of this so that they would never lose sight of their reason for being. The reason that we are here is Yeshua. Anything less than that is to completely misunderstand why we're here. We're here to give Him honor. We're here to worship Him whose name alone is the only name under heaven or on earth by which men must be saved. And so, it's, a, it's an honor for us as only the second service after we've gone to our new schedule, that uh, for the first time since I've been here, for the first time since I've been here, as an entire congregation, we're going to take communion together. We always had communion once a month as part of the Torah study. But um, this is going to become a regular part of what we do here with the entire congregation. Let's remind ourselves of a few things. First of all, when we take these elements, when we take the bread, or when we take the juice, that we are taking upon ourselves the calling that Yeshua has given us in a particularly solemn ceremony. This is not just taking a little piece of matzah and a little piece of juice and saying, oh, how nice. 
It's more than just remembering what the Lord has done for us. It's also pledging ourselves to His service throughout our lives. Yeshua allowed Himself, because of our sins, to be placed on that execution stake. And in giving His life for us, shedding His blood, He has renewed us and restored us to our place with God. This is good news. But it's also of the utmost seriousness, you see. Because when we take communion, we're pledging that we're going to become, we're going to act as His disciples. Not as mere believers. Let's remember, Yeshua never did call us to make believers. Or even to make people saved. He called us to make disciples. And a product of being a disciple is that one is saved. Because you see, a disciple is one who is going to take on the calling of his master. He's going to do everything he can to know his master and then to follow him. So if we say we are truly disciples of Yeshua... It goes way beyond mere belief. I'm glad I'm saved. But what He's called us to do is to serve Him as His disciples and to make other disciples. When we take communion, we are remembering all of this. And we're pledging ourselves to be the people that are going to carry out what He has given us to do as His disciples. You see, it wasn't just the eleven that He spoke these words to because what He spoke to them was they were to go forth and make disciples of all nations. Every kindred, every tribe, every tongue. And if they're making disciples, then they're making other people who are going to serve the Lord just as they did. You know, that includes us. And so these words were also spoken to us. Go and make disciples teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. This is why communion is so very, very important. I want to turn to 1 Corinthians 11, though. So go ahead, turn to 1 Corinthians 11 with me. <coughs> Those who have been in Torah study understand my mind on this passage. 
But I want to share it with all of us because it's important that we understand this thing. Some years ago, I was sitting in a congregational service that I was officiating, and I was preparing to offer communion to the people. I was serving as a chaplain at the time. We were in a field environment. There was a young female soldier who was part of that group who was going to be taking communion. I did all... I said all the normal words that we hear in our churches whenever we take communion. That those who are unbelievers, those who do not know the Lord, those who have not committed themselves to this, they they shouldn't take communion. And there was a passage that is always read out of 1 Corinthians 11. And this passage is applied to that. I don't want to really respond to the practice of telling those who don't know him yet that you're really not invited to his table. However, I want to point out that this passage in 1 Corinthians 11 has nothing to do with unbelievers in communion. Nothing. The context is completely wrong. The people Paul is talking to here are believers. They're people who already know Yeshua. And he's explaining something to them about their responsibilities that they are not taking care of. Namely, that they're not honoring their brothers and sisters in the faith. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to those who know Yeshua. And he's challenging them because they're treating their brothers and sisters wrongly. And this is what he takes umbrage with here. And so I want to read just a part of this. First of all, starting in verse 17. But in giving you this instruction, I do not praise you, for when you meet together it does more harm than good. For first of all, when you come together as Messiah's community, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. For there must be factions among you, so that those among you who are tried and true may be evident. Therefore, when you meet together in the same place, it is not not to eat the Lord's Supper, for each one takes his own supper beforehand, and one goes hungry while another gets drunk. What? It is certainly not that you do not have houses, is it? Don't you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise God's community and try to humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? I don't praise you for this. Then I want to skip forward. To verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread 
or drinks the Lord's cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself and then let him eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For the one who eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and quite a few have died. For if we were judging ourselves thoroughly, we wouldn't be coming under judgment. But when we are judged, we are being disciplined by the Lord, so that we might not be condemned along with the world. Recognizing the body. Where is the body of Messiah in this room? It isn't those elements. It's the people who are sitting all around us, right here and with us. We are the body of Messiah. If we're not recognizing the sacredness that is in each person, And acting towards them with the respect, with the love, with the cherished unity that God has called us to, then we're not recognizing His body. If we're not recognizing that the poor among us have every bit as much value as those who are wealthy, then we're not recognizing His body if we're not recognizing that those among us who some might say are not so easy to love are yet as valuable to us as those who are easy to love, then we're not recognizing His body. This is what Paul was talking about. And he said, it's for this reason that Many have become sick and some have died. They were judged because they weren't recognizing the body of the Lord that was right there with them. They were taking advantage of people. They weren't respecting one another. They weren't walking in love with one another. They weren't walking in unity with one another. And so when we take communion together, it's not an individual thing. This is something that we're doing all together. And so when we're pledging ourselves to serve Him, we're pledging to serve Him together as one body. It was interesting going back to that young woman, that young soldier. As I started explaining what the Lord had done for us, I I felt led to do it in quite great detail. Like I say, I'd said all the things that I understood from growing up in the various congregations that I grew up. But she just started weeping. She had taken the elements. 
It was a highly emotional experience for her. You know what she told me? She said, I never knew what Jesus did for me. I'd never known that. No one ever told me this. She grew up in a Jewish home where they really didn't practice their faith. She was invited to an Episcopal church by friends of hers. But in all of her years, she had never heard the story of what Yeshua did for her. Now, I guess we would have called her an unbeliever at that time because she really didn't know. Didn't have any clue. I'm glad that she took communion. You know why? Because it was in the taking of that communion that it suddenly became apparent to her with the explanation of just how much Yeshua has done for her. How much He's done for us. She left that communion service that day. A true servant of Yeshua. A true servant of Yeshua. So as we're taking communion today, let us have these words in our hearts. First of all, if you have anything against anybody who is in this room, then go to them. Make it right before you take communion. That's what it means to rightly recognize the body and blood of our Lord. The body and blood of our Lord, all of these people that are with us right here. If there is something that you have against somebody outside of here, you can't make it right now. I would encourage you, don't take communion today. Go and make it right and then come back and we'll take communion together then. Because that's what it means to rightly recognize the body and blood of our Lord. Now the way we're going to do this is I'm going to have um, um, uh, Philip and Caleb and Miguel to come forward and help me. Caleb will be on this right aisle, Miguel on the left, Philip in the center. You will pass the plates with the elements on them down the aisle. You'll take a piece of matzah and a little cup of juice. And I want you to hold on to it. I don't want you to take it until all of us are ready to take it together. And when we take it, one of the things I want you to tell yourself is by taking this, I am pledging my life, my entire life, to Him who gave me life. And then at that point, we'll take it. This is the beginning of something very exciting here. Something very big for us as a body. For one thing, we're truly becoming a family. 
For another thing, we're truly becoming those who are going to be able to take our city for his name and in his name. Amen. Please come up. Philip will be directing from the center. Everything is passed towards Philip, and then he'll go to the next row back and pass it back through. All right? Um, you may be waiting for a while sometimes because there's many more people on the left side. That's okay. Okay, sounds good. Brothers, God bless you. It's good to be with you in this. Amen. Caleb. Miguel. Yeah, you could do that because you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 